So, Paula, I don't want to bum you out or our mm-hmm. listeners Most out. Most things do these days. <laughs> it's it's a very low bar. Um, but you were originally supposed to be in Italy when this episode came out, right? That is correct, Josh. Yeah. Um, I got a like bargain. My boyfriend and I got like bargain basement price tickets to Italy uh, that we're going to have like a layover in Stockholm. And then we were going to Italy and we found this like very cheap Airbnb and we were doing like cooking classes and it was going to be very cool. And obviously people have bigger problems right now. Um, So I understand how annoying it is for me to even talk about. But yes, we did have to plan around it because I was supposed to be at the moment we're recording this sitting in Rome. (laughs) I'm so sorry. And I, again, you know, there's lots of lots of problems out there. Lots of people with with harder problems, including people in Italy. <laughs> yeah. Mine's the biggest. <laughs> but so what I thought we might do on the podcast is I thought I might give you the gift of that experience still. So okay. I'd like to do a little role play where I provide a tapestry of words that puts you in Italy so that you still get at least a little bit of your vacation. I love it. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. I'm ready. Let's set the scene. You're sitting down at a table. It's a trattoria. It's right. Just as they reopen after taking a nice siesta. You're ready to sit down. For your uh, for your evening meal, and it's not really dinner because Italians eat dinner at like eleven p.m. Okay. It's like just a little snack in the middle of the afternoon after a whole day of sightseeing and doing various activities. And you just sat down, and I'm your mm-hmm. waiter. Okay. Buongiorno, okay. principessa. Uh, now, are you Josh, my waiter, or are you an Italian, an Italian gentleman? Uh, well, we'll have to find out. Okay. Cool. Oh, buongiorno. I took uh, I took three whole lessons in Duolingo to prepare. Oh, thank you. Oh, God. I, I just moved here from New Jersey. I don't really know Italian. Oh, wow. You're playing the part very well. Thank you. I've got Mediterranean features. Literally, the only word I know is pizza. And so mm. I'm here at this pizzeria, which is that the right pronunciation? It I'm feels, it feels offensive every time story. I say it. I'm it feels offensive. Okay. <laughs> what if I got really mean? <laughs> Less talky, more bread. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Being Earnest, a very sincere podcast. I'm Josh. I'm Paula. And we're here to talk with you about the earnest and sincere topics of the day. And Paula, what is our topic this week? Our topic is sidekicks. 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 You know, helpers. People who <laughs> are there. Mama always kind said, of. look for the helpers. Yeah. <laughs> Paula, what are the key elements of being a good sidekick? That is a really good question. I think that a sidekick should be, uh, and you need to be a little wacky. Mm. You have to be good at taking directions while occasionally able to save the day yourself. Mm. You know what I mean? Can I uh, amend that statement? I think that 
often okay, sidekicks I, I are my wacky. Sidekicks, but okay. What? <laughs> I said I did my thesis in sidekicks, but oh, sure, sure, sure. I mean, sure, sure. I'm doc. I have a doctoral degree in sidekicks. Sidekickery. Side side kooks. <laughs> oh, the Latin version. <laughs> so I would argue that most sidekicks are wacky because heroes are or villains aren't wacky. No, they're boring. Yeah, they're boring. Well, so that I therefore, it's you just have to be the opposite of whoever you're attached. Uh, yeah. protagonist is so if the protagonist is wacky you need to be the like odd couple very you know like tight-lipped kind of but sidekick. I feel like normally if you have a sidekick you're not wacky do you know what i mean sure you're just narcissistic yeah um i think sidekicks are like the appetizer of a meal in that <laughs> it is i guess an afterthought like you don't say let's go to applebee's for a appetizer platter, you say, let's go for the quesadilla burger, and then you get one. What Applebee's but, are you going to that you're not going for the appetizer platter? I'm finishing a sentence, Josh. I'm incensed, but sure, go on, please. <laughs> Mr. I cheat at board games. Uh, but, like, you you know that you're actually the most excited for the appetizer platter. Do you know what I mean? Sure, sure. I guess the expectations aren't as high on an appetizer platter slash sidekick. So the bar is easier to get above. But it's low-key the best part of it. Sure. Sure. Is what I was saying, yeah. So, so yeah, in a, to put this in practical terms, Batman and Robin, you're there for Robin. Right. You come for the Batman, you stay for Robin. Yeah, exactly. Folks at home, this doesn't make any difference to you, but I normally can't... Um, when Josh and I record social distancing, we are recording over a video chat. Mm -hmm. And so I never see myself when we're recording normally. And it's so cold in my apartment. I am covered in blankets and an old timey grandma heating pad. And I, I will look say like a loser. <laughs> oh no, you don't look like a loser. Thanks, Joshy. Josh, I think the question though, that brought, us to decide to talk about this week is which one of us is the sidekick of being earnest, a very sincere podcast. This I think is, I'm the just, sidekick. I, I and and see, you'd already laid out a minefield. Yeah, you'd made a beautiful <laughs> forty acre minefield and said, "Josh, let me lead you to this minefield. It'll be <laughs> safe to walk to this minefield." And then about four minutes into the walk. Uh, like you, you're like, there's a path it's got, it's gravel. There's no mines on that minefield. And then as we stepped in two minutes into it, you've said, Oh, there may be some mines on this gravel path as well. <laughs> it so, wouldn't be, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be our friendship if I wasn't leading you into possible <laughs> destruction the entire time. <laughs> um, so I, earnestly and honestly think that this is a scenario where we're both the sidekick. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think we might be a podcast hosted by two sidekicks. I know, which is, you know, at a certain point, why we only have the number of reviews that we have. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we can't get that 36. Yeah. Um, no, hey, but you I, have time at home. Why not write a review? Yeah. You make us heroes. <laughs> um, so I do think we are different types of sidekicks, though. I think I there's think a wide kids. range of sidekicks. So mm -hmm. there's like... I would argue, for example, Robin is a ward. <laughs> We're neither of us is a ward because neither of us oh, is a uh, like W A R D, like like 
a young person that an older rich person takes care of. Yes, exactly. Is that the relationship between Batman and Robin? No, they're Does having Batman sex. take care of Robin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that is the situation. It's like, I found this young protege and I'm going to give him. It's actually kind of a Tiger King situation. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> you are you are the young protege. I'm saying neither of us is a ward. But, <laughs> but I, you might be a young protege. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, I think the sidekick that I am is the one where the other person is like, the like administrative assistant sidekick. Someone's like, "Oh shoot, I don't have," and I'm like, "A pen." <laughs> <laughs> I've got like six or whatever. Or like, for example, a like, Josh, what's my seven p.m.? Oh, you have a meeting with the Duke, sir. <laughs> uh, I love it. Have you seen Veep? I have not, but I know that the is that um, what's his face, yeah, Tony Hale? Harry. Yeah. Uh, you're the Tony Hill. You're the Charles Boylan from Brooklyn. <laughs> Charles Boyle. <laughs> yeah, I can see you. I can see you definitely being that. And like sometimes, like saying like wise, witty things. That, well, like, yeah. Well, it's it's the like guide the hero to like where they need to be. Right, and they're like, oh, they're super useful, but they're also like when you get one on one with them, they're like very smart and fun, but in a way you weren't expecting. Yeah, like you accidentally like there's a B plot of this sitcom or this drama. And like, there's a whole episode about like me going out for a night. Yeah. Or someone yeah. else, the, or the like love interest <laughs> of the hero accidentally runs into me at the club. Yeah. And you're loving the club. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's where Josh is most at home. What kind of sidekick do you think you are? I have thought about this a lot, Josh. I think I am the the uh, the quirky best friend in the romantic comedy. That's yeah. That feels very right. The like, one I who's think, like, he's not right for you. Yeah, I'm the <laughs> one who uh, I'm the one who like is like wearing like um like mixed animal prints, you know, like the entire movie. And I have a job that's not like a real job, but is like a very quirky best friend job. Like I design like um frames. Like I what you design frames yeah like i design <laughs> frames or in like my hobby is like building very specific like dollhouse rooms or something sure yes exactly and uh i exist to go to brunch with the main girl and be like honey you deserve better yeah right exactly um and then at the end i drive them to the airport yeah. And I go, uh, go get your man. Forget about my thing. I know it's my birthday, but you need to get on that plane and get your love. <laughs> go to him. I feel like the best case scenario for that version of sidekick is uh, Carrie Fisher in When Harry Met Sally. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. you get some plot. Yeah. And, uh, and, and some and some loving. Yeah, I was going to say, you might be lucky enough to get to date the male leads sidekick. <laughs> yes, right. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe. It's yeah. either that you fall in love with them or that there's a scene where they try to set you up with them and it's just a horrible match. Yeah, yeah. And there's no in between. Yeah, and, and my best friend, the main, the main girl, knows nothing about me. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I kind of yeah. just exist to serve. <laughs> right, exactly. It's like, we go way back. We went to college together. We went to all the school together. 
At one point, we were roommate. <laughs> <laughs> I live in a loft that is like, um, like aggressively, uh, like bohemian, you mm-hmm. know, and that she just moved out of. Yeah, and she she trips a lot. She's like very clumsy because the lead girl is always very clumsy. Mm-hmm. And I I'm the one in like um yoga class being like, don't embarrass me here. Yeah. As I'm, I'm wearing oh, like a crazy outfit, farting. I'm in love with the teacher. And it's just a fun little subplot. And like maybe there's a moment at the wedding where you get to kiss the teacher. No, no, no. It'll show me look at him. And then yeah. you that's it. And everyone in the movie is like, ah, oh, I got it. Um, I think the other type of sidekick that neither of us, I would think, are, but can exist as a hench person. Mm, yeah. So that's like I, sidekicks for bad people. That's like a bad guy sidekick. Okay. Okay. I yeah. Like that's um that's like a like a Dracula's friend. Yeah, like Igor or like a you know like the mm-hmm. like uh, that guy or like a someone um, to do your bidding. Yeah. Yeah, zombies that do your bidding or like, yeah, exactly. And then there's also the sidekick of the quirky neighbor, which is, I think, different. Yes, that's like the Kramer type. Yeah, yeah. And that's like, um, that's like even more aggressively weird. Oh, sure. You know, because that's somebody who you interact with out of necessity. Mm-hmm. Do you know your neighbors? I, yeah, my building is actually like extremely close in a way that feels like a movie really yeah i know all my neighbors uh we like get every like holiday like we'll put together well not right now but we'll put together like easter baskets for all the kids in the building like everybody in the building exchanges christmas gifts we all have a group chat in the summer like we all hang out in the backyard together yeah it's like uh everyone is like legitimately close that's crazy how did that happen were you did you move into this place and they were like welcome or did you organize this or like i don't know i mean it just kind of like ha- we all just like get along really well and there's like a lot of kids in my building and i uh i pretty much only have stuff in common with children and um yeah Fair. i don't know i think we just like very like we just got lucky that's amazing uh, my downstairs neighbor made a noise complaint against me last week. So what did you do? What? They said that it sounded like I was repeatedly dropping a bowling ball on the ground. What? Uh, in quiet hours. And I mean, you know me, Paula. I'm not a well, night owl. You are, but you, Josh, to be fair, you are addicted to dropping bowling balls. <laughs> Yes. You keep calling it a workout, and I keep telling you I don't think that's a workout. And then you like to go, time for me to hit the gym, and I'm like, what do you mean? And you're just dropping a bowling ball. And not picking it up in an athletic way. You're just kind of dropping it, and then like watching TV, and then draw. It's very weird. Yeah, at irregular intervals. That's how you make sure that you get Wait. the muscles to really get woken up. So she said it sounded like you were dropping bowling balls? Yeah, exactly. And so I sent a very nice but a little bit pointed. So she went straight to the management company. Didn't even like leave me a note. Like, well, I know that like we were social distancing, all this kind of stuff. Like it's good that she didn't come up and, but I would have rather like we handled it between the two of us. Yeah. Um, but then, so I sent back an email being like, Hey, it's probably workout related. Totally get it. Like if there's, I work out from this time to this time, um, I'm trying to be as quiet as possible, but if there's an issue, like, please pass along my email. We can figure it out between the two of us. If there's a better time, like, Damn. Me- 
you know, but like just trying to make it through this quarantine. And then they sent back a thing being like, Hey, yeah, it's in the, it was like in the middle of the night and made the dog bark. And like, you're what were you doing late night laundry or something like that? Cause your laundry machine is over their bedroom. And I was like, I am not doing late night laundry. This is crazy. Also, like if you are doing this more than one, like, it seems like this happened once and they, they flipped and out. They so I sent a little, yeah, I just sent a little like, yeah, well, I'm not, I haven't really changed the habit of laundry that I, since I've moved in a year and a half ago, because I know this person is wow. new. So, you know, we'll see wow. either I get evicted Look, or you are the subject of a group chat right now. There is a group text being like, can you believe that freaking neighbor above me is dropping his bowling ball at 1am again? Mm-hmm. Wow. That sucks. Yeah. So, you know, I've never really met any of my neighbors. There's one guy who goes to the gym, same gym that I do, you know, in the before times when we could go to the gym. Yeah. Uh, and we do like, that? well, we do like the, like, I know you're living my building head nod. Oh. You know, I feel like I, knock on wood, I've had really good luck because my neighbors are really close right now. And Tess, who's like one of my closest friends, we met because we were across the hall neighbors. That's just like never been a thing that I've ever experienced from even really in college. Like my friends weren't the people, freshman year, like it kind of was. But in general, like I was, my friends were never the people who lived right where I live. Like I've really never gotten to know any of my neighbors in Chicago. I'm lucky because I have a lot of friends in my neighborhood because I haven't left my neighborhood in three weeks. So like I can yeah. see you, I mean, see from a safe 10 foot distance, a couple other friends, but like, I really don't know the people in my building. I didn't know the people. I had a friend who got me into the last building that I was in, but I knew him before that. And I only met the other person I actually kind of met. Um, because he let me in during a rainstorm because I had locked myself out. Um, and we became friendly. But, like, that's that's it. It was never, like, I know everyone who lives here. Huh. So do you think you're the norm or do you think I'm the norm? I really don't know who's the norm. Um, it feels like we should maybe give this to the listenership to let us know uh, what you think. But, I mean, it feels like being having social interaction with your neighbors in a city is a much more, like bygone era to me i i maybe but i am never forget a small town hick who wandered into the city one day so i also could be forcing my norms onto everybody do you think you could ever ride in a motorcycle sidecar and feel the same about yourself afterwards <laughs> <laughs> okay can we talk about what a motorcycle sidecar is so it's a motorcycle Yes. And then sometimes there is, I mean, I, I feel stupid being like, let's talk about what a motorcycle is. It's a motorcycle, but there's a sidecar. <laughs> <laughs> it's but like it using like, the word in the definition. Yeah. It's like the little side, uh, it's a little side, little side piece <laughs> to a motorcycle. Well, let's be, let's be clear about this then, Paula. Let's build it from the, from the pieces sure. up. First, we have wheel. <laughs> then sure. we have two wheel. Then we have bicycle. Human then foot make feet. bicycle go. Yeah. Then we have gear. Then we have motor. Mm-hmm. Then we have motorcycle. Um, <laughs> the thing about sidecars is, first off, I think they look delightful. Sure. Like, I think, I think I would have a lot of fun, but I do think I would have to let go of the sliver of self-respect that I still have. Sure. <laughs> because if you're in a sidecar, you know you're wearing goggles. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's just the like 
I know I'm sitting somewhere that in a cartoon, a monkey would sit. (laughs) (laughs) I think if you ride in a motorcycle sidecar, you are forever a sidekick. Yeah, right. It's like you can't go back at that point. No. Um, Can you picture, though, being in a hardcore motorcycle gang? Like, we join a motorcycle gang. (laughs) Sure. But we don't have motorcycles. We only have sidecars. <laughs> yeah, it's the apprentice program. <laughs> I feel like in a motor in that motorcycle gang, someone in a rival motorcycle gang would make fun of it. And the person who we're riding with would be like, hey, don't talk about my sidekick like that. And we'd have to be like, yeah, don't talk about us like that. And then we'd have to get out of the sidecar and we're 12 feet tall and shredded. Right, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I think the, I think, you know what? It's, I I think I've cracked the code here. Right. Why it's so humiliating to be in a sidecar. It's two reading, things. Yeah. It's two things. Okay. One, it's the lack of control. You're not driving. You're just a passenger in a ultimately like passenger like, like, it's not a problem if you're in a car, but yeah, it's and so they've cl- decided you're not hot enough to do the arms around the waist, like riding with the breeze. Right, exactly. I think the second reason is: Have you ever like really given more than a few seconds of thought to how embarrassing it would be to get in or out of a sidecar? <laughs> <laughs> is there a little door? Kind of got a no, lower you're like yourself. popping up out like a bobsled. I think I don't think there's a little door on the side. It's almost worse if there's a little door on the side. But I I do think like everything about it is embarrassing, and I can almost guarantee you there would be nothing more fun than riding in it or getting in and out. Yeah, than riding in it. Sure, you get the like yeah, it's the flappy goggles. You get the whole yeah wind in your face. How much do you think a sidecar costs? Well, a motorcycle is like what, like ten or twenty k, something like that. It's Probably like, very expensive. Yeah, I feel like a sidecar. It's got to be at least five grand, right? You're yeah, you're actually pretty close. Three thousand nine hundred fifty dollars plus four hundred four dollars eighty eight cents tax, but free shipping. <laughs> yeah. I think I want. I feel like you know. I was. You did say. The sidecar, we laugh, but like I've kind of come around on it. I'm, I would actually prefer a sidecar. Uh, you know, while of course the technical definition of sidekick is somebody who stands at your side and helps you kick mm-hmm. bad people from the side. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think that some inanimate objects can be sidekicks too. Sure. <laughs> Like like some foods you would never eat on their own. Are okay. Two two questions here. Sure. Uh, I didn't think are, this out very well. So is I'll a food an inanimate object? Yeah. Is a food? Does an your object? food talk to you? Does <laughs> your food talk to you, Josh? But it may have at one point been animate. Well, now it's inanimate. All right, let's dive in on this shit. <laughs> You're telling me. That, like, a bag of Cheetos is an animate, is not an inanimate object. No, I think that a bag of Cheetos is very much a, it's part of a still life. So I guess it would be, like, you could paint a still life in the Renaissance fashion. 
Um, <laughs> and therefore, if it is allowed to be in a still life, it can be uh, an inanimate object, I guess. But, like, I guess what I'm going to is, like, is a roast chicken an inanimate object? Yes. I, yes. I don't Josh, know. I am upset. I, I think what you're trying to say is it's it once was an, a living creature. Yeah, and I'm going to double down on this. A, a wooden desk, not an inanimate object. Oh, my God. It was God. once a living creature. Sometimes you pick a hill to die on, and it is never the hill I think you're going to pick. <laughs> now, I, but what I am actually hearing in this is you think life is like the movie Toy Story, and all of this is coming to life and prancing around at night. Oh, no, I don't think I don't think this is a Beauty and the Beast situation. A uh, little I, part of you does. I don't think I'll, I don't think my side table is coming to life next to my bed when I'm asleep being like, be a guest, be a guest. <laughs> well, that's maybe why your neighbor was so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <they're- laughs> he's, he's up there at 1 a.m. singing, singing, be our guest. Why do they have tap shoes on? <laughs> He got these new candles and they're the worst. <laughs> Josh, I have a migraine from you telling me. I don't even know if I need to spend the rest of this podcast episode diving in or if I need to jump out a window right now from you saying you don't know if a wooden desk is an inanimate object. No, I'm going to I'm going to die on this hill. This is the hill I'm going to die on and it's going to be covered in live animate trees. Sometimes you just shock me. <laughs> Can I tell you a fun fact? I don't know if I want to hear it, but okay. Um, do you want to know the uh, actual origin of the term sidekick? Yes. Uh, from our friends uh, at the Wikipedia. Oh, thank you for sponsoring our episode. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you, a nonprofit organization. <laughs> um, the term is believed to have originated in pickpocket slang of the late 19th and early 20th century. The pickpocket kick, slang. Yeah. The kick was the front pocket on a pair of trousers believed to be the pocket safest from theft. But thus, by analogy, a sidekick was someone's a person's closest companion. Josh, the late 18th century had full slang for pickpocketers. Yeah. All right, let's dive in. Screw okay. the side. What else do we think was their slang? Three lines on a tree meant that he carries a sack of quarters. I found an article from, uh, who knows if it's a reputable website, called theweek.com. Uh, this has 10 sneaky pieces of, of thief slang. Okay, so this is a little bit broader, so it's not quite hitting what I want to, which is we only talk like 18th century pickpocketers, but I'll allow it. Sure. Oh, no, but it's got examples. Okay, good. Um, so one is an an Adam Tyler. An Adam Tyler is That's a pickpocket's a accomplice who takes the stolen goods and leaves with them. It's from That's the 1660s. The it's uh, Adam, the name of the first man, and Tyler, uh, slang for pickpocket it's or tiller. Friend. Adam, yeah. the name of his first man, and Tyler, his buddy. Why, an autumn driver is a pickpocket who practices in a church, and an Adam Tyler is his associate who receives his booty and runs off with it. This was from Tales of My Father and My Friends from 1823. Josh, I am so obsessed with this. Imagine when we're out, knock on wood, walking amongst the people once again, 
And everyone's like, what did you do? Did you do anything useful with your time in quarantine? And we have to go, no, we didn't. And then we we mark our noses and we know the code because we actually became expert pickpocketers. Mm-hmm. Talking uh, in code. Go grab the Adam Tyler and stick him in the sidekick lane, okay? Mister, <laughs> why don't you go ahead and slap the yoga mat and put it on the monkey? I'm obsessed with that. Um, but Josh, kind of getting back, uh, let's not forget, let's just circle back that you don't think a desk is an inanimate object. Food. I think that some food is definitely sidekick. Like, a, the, I don't need to ration this because all logic is out the to- door. You ruined logic for America. But um, I'd argue for the world based on our listenership. That's true. We, hello, our friends in Canada and Germany. <laughs> um, like baked beans. That's a sidekick food. I agree. And and so, and I think that it goes as deep as there are dishes that are sidekick kick dishes because like side dishes. But I think there's actual ingredients that are never going to be the star of the show. Yeah, like, I agree. On, they're like, just cannot and will not be the star of the show. Like broccoli. That's a sidekick. Yeah, it's a sidekick vegetable. But like a Brussels sprout, that could be the hero. Yeah, big, big Brussels sprout energy in the in the last decade. Yeah, it's not a side. It's not a side dish sidekick. No. List out some foods. I'll tell you if they're a sidekick or a hero. Carrot. So a carrot is for carrot is for sure a sidekick. Yeah. Um, kale. That's a hero. Or mm. a villain. Ice cream? Hero. Chocolate bar. It's a sidekick. Interesting. Interesting. And look, that's a that's a rom-com best friend. That's a sidekick who is, I think, great in their own right, but that's a sidekick. Raspberries. Raspberries is a sidekick. Mm, milk? That's a hero. <laughs> Coffee. Hero. <laughs> <laughs> What if we did this for four and a half hours? What if we did four and a half hours of us just listing objects, uh, listing food, and I tell you if they're a hero or sidekick, and listing objects, and you tell me if they're alive or not? (laughs) This sounds like our social media post for this week. (laughs) You were telling me if an object comes alive at night or not. I'm just saying that it was alive at one point. Can I ask a question about Beauty and the Beast? Always. Because you're the you're the kind of the foremost expert, and I don't really know a lot about it. Sure. Did I? Did, I did play Lumiere in a middle school production of this, so you know. You know that I have dated three Lumieres. Isn't that crazy? I have dated three guys who played Lumiere. That's it's so that's the kind of like deep information that big data has on you. It's like, that's the connection that they're looking for, is that to you, a person who has played Lumiere is someone who you want in your life. And, like, that's terrifying to me that we've just stumbled upon the, like, the neural net figured, it it may have not have figured it out yet, but we figured out the one common thing that makes you have strong relationships, romantic or otherwise, with men. It's like the the keystone thing that you are looking for. (laughs) Every bit of targeted marketing is around 
is this the kind of thing that Paula would like because she likes men who've played Lumiere? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I know our podcast, uh, a solid percentage is just us misremembering Disney. But so with Beauty and the Beast, with all the objects in the castle, right? Sure. Not all of them were actually alive. Correct? Like, there were some objects that were were simply things. <sighs> yes, because... Is that correct? Th- well, the difference here is that these pe- these were all humans who got turned into objects. Right. So, like, like, oh, you might be turned into a clock, but there also could be a clock that's just a clock. Yes. Can but- you imagine how goddamn confusing that would be for them? <laughs> imagine if you started having romantic feelings for an, uh, another clock. <laughs> you're like Cogsworth, and you're just like, oh, Ms. Timex, you look fetching today. <laughs> it's like the TV show Catfish, which I have watched nothing but that for the past three days. But okay. You, you're, like, you're like, oh, like they're just like a really like silent type. Like They're just like a really good listener. They just like support me. And then Neve and Max come in, and they're like, that's because it's a clock. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a person pretending like that's been turned into this. Be our guest, be our guest. That these are human. That's a clock. <laughs> <laughs> like you would think they would have to come up with a system. Yeah, like they right. would have to like stick things on the things that were just objects. Yeah, they just put little and, sticky notes on them. And now the beast staff was enormous. There were thousands of employees. Yeah, it was a job creator. Yeah, he certainly was the number one job creator in the area. Yeah, for sure. I mean, all those dishes. And then, well, that's, you know, though, like, that's how the economy works, Paula, is that the rich people gather all the money so that then they can employ and, and, uh, and make sure that the economy grows. Yeah. I can't handle this right now. Um, Trickle down beastonomics. Oh, God. <laughs> so, wait, 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 wait. I have a lot of questions now. So were the objects in Beauty and the Beast, did they still earn a salary of some sort? Oh, no. Why would, again, this guy, it's it's probably a messed up system where there isn't a salary yeah, anyway. And, all over again. And he's just, the Beast himself is just providing food and lodging um, in a way where it's like, well, you're employed and you have a roof over your head, right? Like that's salary enough. Like think about how much it would add up to if you thought about how much, you know, yeah. Food and board, room and board would cost. You know, I'm actually doing paying you a really large salary, but like they also have no free will. So I think this is honestly like probably the uh the bookkeeper for the prince who turns into the beast, who I can only imagine like turns into a talking ledger and is yeah. like, Hey, Prince, this is actually a boon for you. Maybe <laughs> I don't know why he's Jewish, but I'm Jewish, and so we're going to go here. Um, it's the same thing that's happening with, like, office space right now, where every single accountant in these large Fortune 500 companies is like, it does cost a lot less when people are working remote, huh? It does cost a lot less. It costs a lot less when your whole staff turns into knives and forks. Sure. But do we think now, – now, the business part aside, because uh, when when people start talking business – facts things like that all i hear in my head is like just like nothing but my question here is kind of there are hundreds of 
employees who are turned into plates. Sure. But that means there's still a few plates around. Mm-hmm. And let's say they were kind of concerned about the real plates stealing their jobs. So they smashed them. Yeah. Is, it Is a that hate murder? Crime? Is that murder? <laughs> if you're a if you're a human who's been turned into a plate and you smash another plate so it doesn't steal your job, is that murder, Josh? I'm asking a simple question. I'm asking a tale as old as time. Um, tale as old as time. <laughs> is it murder if Mrs. Potts broke a different pot? <laughs> <laughs> and if you break as a human who's been turned into a plate, do you die? <laughs> yeah, no. So I, this, yes. Um, Holy oh. cow. <laughs> so here's what I would argue. If I am a plate and you are a plate and I break you, that's murder. I will break you. So do, but do you think then when you all turn back into humans, <laughs> I do not. Well, yeah, it's you're you turn back into a human, but in multiple pieces. I don't think it. Well, oh, my God, the logistics of this, even just the logistics of turning everyone into uh, plates and spoons and and chandeliers and things like that, that were equal to their rank within the house. There's the, so the amount of planning just to do it in one spell. You know what I mean? Like yeah. to make sure that like the butler is something that makes sense as opposed to just another plate. But then, okay, so like Chip, like the cup Chip, who was a child, which is bizarre anyway. Was he a child before yes. he was a cup? Chip was a child and Mrs. Potts was certainly his grandmother who he'd been told his entire life was his mother. You know sure. what I mean? Like, you know, Mrs. Potts had a teenage daughter who had a child, Chip. Uh -huh. And then, but then she didn't want to raise her. So one day Chip will grow up to find out that Mrs. Potts was actually his grandmother and his sister was actually his mom. Can we also talk about this for a minute? Did they take on identities once they were inanimate objects? Because there's no way her name is Mrs. Potts. There's no way that other person's name is Lumiere. <laughs> it's like in a way to cope. They had to change their name. Like, it's Brian and, like, Charlize. Like, do we... I think this is relevant to us in quarantine. Like, do we all need quarantine names? Yeah, trauma really makes people do weird stuff. Yeah, just to be able to be like, this is how I'm going to cope. I know right now that for the moment and for the foreseeable future, I am a bookshelf. Therefore, yeah. I am going to be named Shelvin. <laughs> uh, so therefore it should just be our quarantine names should just be what we're doing the most so i've turned into a person who only watches catfish and makes tiny pie out of clays i was gonna say catfish is a dope ass nickname yeah i'm catfish um, and you're bowling ball <laughs> so but we have to get back to my question though i do like hold on just as a second i do like us as a shock jock radio uh duo named like catfish and the grill daddy i bought a grill recently <laughs> Uh, folks, the most surprising part about that is he didn't already own one. He has a big grill energy. Um, Josh, but, but I have to get back to this because I desperately need this answered. So Chip, Mrs. Potts' son, who's actually your grandson, right? Mm-hmm. Is called Chip because there's a big chip in him. Mm-hmm. So when he is turned back into a human, is there a, like a giant chip in his head? Do you know what I mean? Because I think that's going to answer our question of if you murder a plate and it's turned back into a human, how many pieces it's in. 
Yeah, exactly. Like when he turns back into a human, is he missing like four fingers? Right, right. It's kind of like that. Like if you die in a dream, do you die in real life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not Mm. like that, but if you say it confidently, it sounds like it could be like that. So, Paula, I think we would uh, be disappointing our listenership if we didn't talk about the Mount Rushmore of sidekicks. Ooh, okay. And we're talking specific sidekicks, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I have one that I would like to nominate off the bat. I'm ready. Clippy from Microsoft Word. That's a correct answer. He's an assistant. He's helpful. He's there, always there with a smile. He's there when you don't necessarily need him, but he is there when you need him. Just like a good sidekick. Right, exactly. Okay, I love that. Cool. One of the four slots. Hmm. Now, Josh, I hate to say it, but what about a minion? Because there's millions of them. And look, I'm not a minion ahead like there seems to be for some reason now. Sure. But we simply can't ignore the service that they've contributed to the sidekick arena. It's true. It's true. And here's here's my big uh, kind of question philosophically with this is that can we nominate an entire species for this or is it an individual minion like minion one five seven for a like who represented it best? Yeah, exactly. That's a really good question. And, you know, and, and it's like, look. It's kind of that age-old thing of, like, do I want to hang out with George Washington? No. I think he was a problematic figure. But that does not take away from, like, he did some really groundbreaking things that affected the country forever. Right? Sure. And that's kind of the minions here. Do I want to hang out with them? No. I think they're monsters. (laughs) That being said, we can't ignore the impact that they've had on the entire, you know, sidekick universe sure sure i i agree with that i think that's a worthy thing and maybe we could just like have a couple minions peeking their heads out on that one fourth of the mountain yeah um i'd also like to nominate the um i'd like to nominate patrick star from spongebob okay okay yeah i like that i think he's he's the uh epitome of the kind of sidekick buffoon yeah, I think that's a good one. Um, do you know who el- who else I think would maybe be good to have on here? Who? Ethel, Lucy's best friend from I Love Lucy. I've seen like two episodes of I Love Lucy. That so. sucks. You need to figure out your life. <laughs> um, but I think she should be on because so Ethel as an actress, Vivian something, was actually famously extremely hot and talented and younger. And they kind of played her up to look a little bit more, you know, dowdy. Interesting. And so, I mean, that is like a sacrifice that sometimes sidekicks have to make. They have to know when to be in the spotlight and when to take a little bit of a sidestep. When to hold them and when to fold them, one would say. Yes, exactly. Yeah, the sidekick is there to take one for the team. Right. Because the they know the collective whole is more important than their individual success. That's exactly correct. That's exactly correct. Um, I, I don't want to shake this up because I know we already have four. Um, sometimes r- Mount Rushmore's can be four, but sometimes they can be 700. <laughs> um, I'd also really like to put the uh, Speed Racer uh, monkey 
there. Yeah, I let's don't know his name. In. No, Speed Racer Monkey feels right. Yeah, he's got overalls. He's got a little hat. He he's in the trunk. I'm gonna of, look up a picture so I know what he looks like. I believe his name is Chim Chim. It's Chim Chim the monkey. Okay, he looks amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'll allow uh, I'll allow Chim Chim on that. Yeah, it's the overalls is really what makes it. Yeah, because because a sidekick knows how to dress dapper. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so okay, so I'm picturing this is our like our Mount Rushmore is eight eight minion Patrick. Ethel and Clippy, and then Chim Chim is climbing the side of the mountain. I love that, but I also love the idea that there is a larger mountain that this is on the side of. Yeah. Because they don't get their own mountain. They're sidekicks. They're sidekicks, yeah. <laughs> They're on the side of Mount Rushmore. Yeah, right, just the other side. <laughs> People are, be like, have I, you seen the North Face? Are vice presidents president sidekicks? You know, Paula, sometimes we do these exercises and the the goal is to just, you know, open up the mind and get, let the creativity flow. And this is this is exactly what we aim for, is that it's taken us, what, 45, 50 minutes to get to the true question is our, our vice president sidekicks. And the ultimate truth is yes. Yeah, yeah, they are. A vice president is the most famous sidekick. Is Okay, a vice president is the is the country's most powerful sidekick. Yeah, well, it's vice presidents and first spouse. The two of them are the two sidekicks, the bottom of the sidekick triangle that hold up the president. And I would say a spouse is not always a sidekick. Sure, they can be. They can be, but I don't think they always are. But a vice president is truly a sidekick. Yes, yes. A vice president is the president of sidekicks. Oh, yeah, for sure. The dean of sidekicks. I'm glad we figured this out. Yeah, I'm really glad we got here. I feel so much more accomplished. Yeah, me too. I think that's going to do it for us. I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening yet again to our little podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, Before we get to kind of our outro stuff, if you have a moment to smash that like button, meaning write a review, do a rating on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, wherever it allows you to do that. Tell a friend. Um, Hopefully, you know, we think that this is kind of calming, contemplative, and fun, uh, stress-free media. Um, So unless, you know, your friends are really incensed by the idea of uh, a human being turned into an object and then not having... uh, any of their limbs when they come back we think that this is you know hopefully a nice little reprieve from everything else that's going on in the world right now we hope you're all staying safe i cannot believe you just said this is a stress-free medium when you spent half this podcast telling me a wooden desk is alive i didn't say it was alive i said it was alive at one point anyway everybody yes we really hope you're all staying safe and doing well and um you know, we're, we're going to continue putting this out. And if there's anything we need, I mean, I, I, I say that every episode, but it's like, for me right now, I think one of the hardest things is like, we all feel kind of helpless. Um, and, uh, we all want to not feel helpless. So if, if there is something that you need from us, um, let us know, you know, maybe we can't do anything super useful, but we can send memes and, um, and continue launching our Mavis beacon typing challenge. So get in on that. Yes, please. It's time now for our weekly signature segment, Ernest Moment of the Week. Much more. 
Uh, we've got an Imatua here from uh, listener Sarah. She's at Burn This Flame on uh, Instagram. Hi. She says, The other day, I was cleaning up the garden in front of my apartment when one of my after-school students came down the sidewalk with his dad. I said hi and asked him how online learning was going. He looked at me like I was some kind of cryptid. Is this your house? He asked. Then it dawned on me, like many kids before him, he had never realized that teachers don't just live at school. Oh my God. (laughs) Yep, I'm just working in my garden. He pointed down the street. I live down there. He glanced back as he walked away. I can only imagine he was unsettled, like seeing a giraffe wandering around outside the zoo. Oh my God. (laughs) She saw that happen in real time. Yeah. All I can think of is that episode of Arthur where they're like, Mr. Ratburn, you don't live at school? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. I love that so much. That that gave something that that gave that kid something to think about for days later. (laughs) I guarantee you that kid brought it up several times being like, I don't. So she lives there. Yeah, like calling their parents in the middle of the night, be like, Mom, like, what's wrong, honey? It's like, I don't, how does she get from there to school so quickly? They're like, the same way you do. No. Mm." No. (laughs) If you have a little bit of time, you can give us a follow all over social media. We are at being earnest pod and we are also at being earnest pod at gmail.com so send us suggestions or ideas or topics or comments or whatever you would like to send it send it right our way and thank you as always to ryan cruz for our beautiful logo she's at rb cruiser on instagram and to dylan dutch for our lovely theme song he's at dylan dutch on twitter and until next week just remember Once you ride in the sidecar, you're going to be a sidekick. (laughs) Thank you, everybody. Stay safe and see you next week. Why not be?